With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talkin' Buds podcast. It is the Talking Buds Podcast. It's the Talking Buds Podcast, folks. Talking Buds Podcast. Season 2, Talking Buds Podcast. Let's go. Someone has got to be a big boy and step up. Oh, he's a legend. Absolute legend. What is it going to take for this team to win a round in the playoffs? Who's a bum and who is a beauty? Austin Matthews, it's time to be in a lead hockey player night in, night out. This, 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 this is the Talking Buds Podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Cut the music, cut the music, cut the music. Ryan, I I have a serious question I need to ask you right now. How do you feel about right now, 30 games in, let's jump ship and just rebrand this podcast to talk and raps? Because elite... At least if we do that, we can come on here week after week and talk about exciting stuff and exciting games and happy things and positive results. Because, Ryan, we're 30 games in. Tonight we hit the 30-game mark. They did it. They've beaten me down. I'm... I'm a I'm a broken man. Yeah, dude, it's it's like you can come on here, we could be negative, but just thinking about being a Leaf fan, any Leaf fan right now, and you tune into every game, and every game it's just like it's getting less and less exciting to watch and pumped up to actually watch the game. Like now it's it's kind of a, like you're just sitting there being like, oh, like what are they going to do tonight? Because I have no faith they're coming out tonight and going to pick up a W and play the game we want them to play and show that they're ready to take another step towards getting towards a playoff spot. And it's like it's getting tough just being a fan, just getting pumped for these games. Like they just lost 3-1 to the Colorado Avalanche. I think we can all agree that it was, it, it was, they didn't play too bad through the game. It was definitely an improvement over last night's debacle against the Philadelphia Flyers. But I don't, like, before we come on here, Ryan, I'm like, a, I'm waiting to, like, um, get hooked up with you so we can start the show. And I'm scrolling down Instagram and I see the Leafs Instagram uh, uh, post the result of the game in the caption hard fought battle at home tonight. 
I don't care about hard-fought battles anymore. I don't care about effort anymore. You lost. You're 30 games in. You're 13, 13, and 4. You cannot afford to continue to lose games. Good efforts, those aren't a win anymore. This isn't something I want to celebrate anymore. Like, it's not good enough. Like, I try to keep it even keel. To come on here with you every week and to just be like, you know what? There's still a young team. There's a large portion of this fan base that freaks out too much and everyone jumps to conclusions and everyone gets all worked up. Uh, They've broken me. Like, this is not a very good hockey team, in my opinion. Yeah, this group of players together, there's clearly something that just does not mesh. And it gets you thinking. It's like, we used to just rip all the guys who were on this team before, the JVRs, the Marlows, the Hainsies, the Zaitsevs, the Gardners, and all those guys are gone, and you got all the core guys here. And then this year, you, you're you out watching this. It's like, what, where where did this go wrong? Like, what what is happening? Is their division better? Yeah. But should that impact them being a 500 hockey team minus the overtime loss record? Like that shouldn't have anything to do with it if they're that good enough a team. It's like you're it's like being a parent and your son he's in school and he's got so much potential, but he's just slacking off and he's getting crap grades. That's what it's like when you see, oh, at least they worked hard tonight. It's like, yeah, but I'm I'm done. But dude, it's a results oriented business. Like I we can dissect every game chance by chance. Oh, look, they got more shots tonight. But it's it's getting tired. It's like, well, cool. Where's the W? Where are the wins? Look at the standings. Like, it, it's going to be tough sledding, man. Like, this is a wasted year. If they don't make the playoffs, dude, we're talking about cup contenders winning a round. Like, now it's like, you just want to see them win a hockey game. Like, it's I, tonight, 1-1 going into the third. It's like, I have no, I don't think they're going to win this hockey game. Like, I came on here last week with you and I said I believe the Leafs will make the playoffs I I want a redo of that comment after Friday night's game where they gave up four goals in the second period against the Buffalo Sabres Saturday night's game where they ended up winning in overtime but still by no means did they dominate what on paper is a worse opponent last night's disaster debacle embarrassment pathetic name it performance in Philadelphia and now tonight oh hard fought effort they went out there they worked hard doesn't matter guess what they're not gonna make the playoffs I just want to hear from the fans like and not just the Twitter trolls who are always commenting on Elliot Freeman's posts I want to hear about the real Leaf fans who just stick it out and watch every game I want to know like what what is wrong with this hockey team what has gone wrong with this team with this group of players that they just cannot play a winning brand of hockey. What I'm seeing out there is they are one of the worst positional hockey teams I I've ever, ever seen. seen in my life. I've ever seen. Yeah. In their own end, it's work ethic in their own end. It's also positioning. And what I'm also noticing now is that's three games in a row they've had trouble scoring goals. The second game against Buffalo, the game against the Flyers, and then now against the Avalanche. And what I'm seeing in the O zone is unless they get a turnover in the neutral zone or um, 
another team gets a good scoring chance and it hits off Anderson and it springs like an odd man rush for the Leafs, that is about where they get all their offense from. When they're in the Ozone, like they're positioning, like they're never finding an open man. There's never lanes created with guys being in the right position to set up a great shot in the slot. I'm I'm just seeing like I like DM us if you see something else, but when I see them in the Ozone, it's just like it's a lot of just pass dump, pass dump, not a lot of great chances. It's like they're almost looking for that perfect beautiful cross crease beautiful pass goal combination and it's just not there right now man like there's no dirty goals coming out of this hockey team tonight Zach Hyman finally scored a dirty goal but it's unless they get one of those odd man rush turnover opportunities they, they don't really create much in the ozone right now and that that's a problem if they're not creating offense they're at sure as hell not a good enough defensive team to win hockey games. Ryan, ask and you shall receive because today I posed that very question on our Talking Buds Instagram and we got some feedback on it. Sheldon writes, lack of defense and grit. Also, these stars need to start playing with their heart and not just for the money. They need to buck up and start to play a bit more physical and also better defense. Yes. 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 All around. I am... So basically, if you go through the comments here, it's the consensus I get is is it's sort of split down the middle. There's people who are like, um, and hit us up on Talking Buds podcast Instagram, by the way, with your feedback. We love getting the feedback from you guys. We'll do our best. We'll read some more comments out in a minute. But I just want to get to the point because I'm fired up right now in case you haven't noticed. Um, It's a mixture between, so defensively. Like when it comes to the de- the defense, the six guys they have back there, to me it's a lack of talent. Like, m- remember at the beginning of the season when we were like, "Oh man, they're gonna have cap trouble," and and uh, at the end of this year, and they got they're gonna find a way to re-sign Tyson Berry. I'm gonna open the door. I I'm gonna drive Tyson Berry to the airport at the end of this season. See ya, bud. Like you had a nice little bump there when Keith came in, back to his old useless self. Morgan Riley's a minus hockey player. Ryan, we have not talked about on this podcast enough this season about how awful Morgan Riley has been from the word go this year. He's been awful. The guy is a complete defensive liability. And last year, he's able to make up for that because he was providing offense. He's not doing that this year. He stinks. He stinks. And yes, he's out there with Cody Cece, which who is like the walking definition of the word albatross. And now he's but out like, there with Barry. Yeah. It's like he he stinks. The only defenseman who the two guys who Muzzin, I think, is like hot and cold. There's nights where I watch Jake Muzzin and I'm like, he's really good. And other nights where I watch him where he's just a turnover machine and he looks slow and like whatever. The two guys who I think are consistently good back there are Dermot and Hole. That's it. Everyone else is brutal. Now, let this gets me to the what I want to talk about. Okay? And I, I want to... Sure, I'll preface it for everyone who, who wants to hear it first. And I'll say, yes, he was a little better tonight. Austin Matthews. This, you, this is your fourth year pro in the National Hockey League. And you're getting worse in the defensive zone. You are awful. You're awful. 
And when you're not scoring goals, you're you're a you're a middle of the road hockey player. Eleven point five million dollars in the conversation with Connor McDavid. That that's a that's an insult to Connor McDavid right now to put Austin Matthews in the same sentence as him. Dude, even look at Nathan McKinnon tonight. Oh, I know. Like even that is like you watch this guy. This guy's legit, legit. Like this guy is and listen. I've avoided making the uh, the comments about Austin Matthews off the ice because I, I, like I said, I try to keep a level head on this show. But it's like it is what it is. There's no more hiding it. Austin Matthews is way more concerned with what shoes he's gonna match with his burgundy suit when he watch it when he walks to the rink and when Bieber's gonna hit him up on IG than he is about going out and playing hockey. It's as, it's <laughs> it's as clear as day. It's as Beats. clear as day. Yeah, that that is what Matthews cares about. Matthews loves the celebrity aspect of being a Toronto Maple Leaf. He loves being here and being employed by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and getting first class everything. And it's like, dude, you want to know the difference between you and Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby? Because Connor McDavid gets paid $12 million and it doesn't matter because he still has the burning desire to be great, to be a great hockey player and professional athlete and leave behind a legacy. What do you do? What do you do? You go out there, you turn the puck over like an absolute machine in your own end, you come coasting over the other team's blue line, you shoot it wide, and it goes back the other way. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a dash three in Buffalo in the first game. He was a dash three against Philadelphia. And then tonight he was a dash one. It's it's We're texting back and forth. We're like, what? They're the uh, there they are again on the ice for a goal against. Yeah, yep. it's like come it's, on, it's, like, like and how is this your fourth year pro and you're getting worse? And it, 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 you could sit here and you you'll debate with everyone. Well, he's a point of game hockey player. It's like I understand that. I understand that he's a good offensive player and he's talented, but just we've watched every single game this year. He. It's, maybe we overrated him. Maybe we all did. these TSN point, polls, these Sportsnet yeah. polls, these NHL.com polls. The that fact put that him he won the, the Calder. Five. The fact that he won the Calder. Yeah, and he got a ton of hype because because he also played plays in this market, which is like a big factor. But like apart from the goal scoring and the wrist shot, like what have you really seen? in the four years that makes you think he's just a really good all-around hockey player. Like, he's, I haven't really seen much. I've seen an unbelievable wrist shot and the people good who, sellies. But the people who want to argue and say he's still a point-of-game hockey player, folks, we need him to be more than that if this team is going to get to where we and all want to be. And he gets paid to be more like that. Yes, That's the we pro- need problem. Him that is to the be. problem with this hockey yes. team, man. Yes, yes. It's, it's, I, we don't care about good efforts. You know why? Because they don't get paid for a good effort. Look look no. at the salary, man. Like I this is what this NHL is all about. This is what the hard salary cap does to hockey fans. Like, it's not acceptable. It's where's the W's? Where are the two points? Like, I think Sheldon Keefe's learning right now that even though the whole Mike Babcock thing, he's got a lot of issues with former players, how he dealt with people. But aside from that. Just looking at this hockey team, the way them both coaching it. Sheldon keeps finding out firsthand that it wasn't Mike Babcock with the play in the defensive zone. Because it looks last, the exact same to me. Last it, the, thing I oh. want to say last thing I want to say about Matthews, and then I'll I'll move on to what you just said. 
Austin Matthews, you're right, is paid to be in the same conversation as McDavid, as Crosby, as McKinnon, as you you uh, just mentioned. Like, and he needs to be there for this team to get to where we all want it to be. Right now, Austin Matthews is Phil Kessel. That's yeah, what he is. Honestly, he, he's he's Phil Kessel, and so this he's, and, which he's just as soft as he is. I'll tell you that right now. And and guess and so you're talking about Sheldon Keefe is coming to the realization. Sheldon Keefe is not the person that has to come to this realization. It's Buddy Boy, his partner in crime upstairs, who needs to come to this realization, pal. Like you are not gonna win a Stanley Cup with a calculator. And before you all jump on me about analytics and numbers and the, listen, I think they're valuable. I think. Um, Things like Corsi and expected goals and all that sort of stuff. It's it should be factored in, but you cannot intangibles. I say this every week. It sounds like intangibles matter. Character guys matter. Having a good mix of players who provide different things matters. Like you can't just build a team based off a bunch of stats and think you're going to go out there and beat the Boston Bruins. Like, it's not going to happen. And I, I'm sorry, guys. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. No, especially with how those top players play on that other hockey team. Yes. Unbelievable. And it's, it's oh, like, the problem is, is you've got these guys like Matthews and Nylander and Marner. And it's like, they, they, they. They're all young, hot yes, shot kids, man. You. Like we, I just, I just, we talk so, about I'm this so every defeated. week. Yeah, they're the same players. They're all the same skill level, but not just that. They're all they all seem like pretty similar guys off the ice too. Like I'm not saying that like attacking them or criticizing them. Like they are who they are. Like I, I don't know them personally, but from what you see in the media, from their little buddy buddy stuff and and the way they dress, like it just seems like they're all relatively similar dudes and. Yeah, like, it might take time to mature. Alexander Ovechkin had to mature. Nathan McKinnon was even brutal for a couple years, and then he started stepping up. Like, but the problem here is, is they don't, they're not getting paid to to be get mature over a couple of years. They're getting paid to be mature right now and win hockey games. This is why I don't get on Nylander as much as everybody else does, because, like, it, we can argue if Nylander's overpaid, all day till the cows come home, okay? But I don't expect the things from William Nylander that I expect from Austin Matthews. And, like, and based on the I, ice time that's doled out, neither does the coach. Yeah. Or the former so, coach. So it's like, I don't I don't expect Nylander. Nylander's the type of guy that when he goes out there, when he has the puck on his stick, he has the ability to do dynamic things and score some nice goals and set some nice goals up. And it's all offensively based stuff, Okay. That's fine. So this is why I don't get on him. Matthews is paid to be a superstar. And he's not a superstar right now. He's a he's an average hockey player. Like Mitch Marner came back from an injury tonight. First time he's played in weeks. I thought he was significantly better and more noticeable than Austin Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a prop it's a problem. It's a problem. This is a problem. And so here we are, like we're sitting here, 13, 13, and 4. And it's like, they might not make the playoffs. Dude. And look, guess what? Like, if they 
do make the playoffs, Ryan. They're going to squeak in. And play the Bruins or the Capitals. And guess what? If they play the Bruins again, it ain't going seven this year, folks. The only way it's going seven this year is is if Freddie Anderson goes, like, legend. And even then, I don't see it happening. Yeah, it's... I. I it, there's just something that just does not mesh with this group of dudes, man. It, it's weird. It's weird. It's, 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 I'm like, we could come on here, be analysts, do our podcast, try to point out things, criticize things, but strip wanna, all that away, yeah, like, be a Leaf fan, sit and watch the games because you love the team. It's getting a lot harder to sit down and watch games than it used to. That's like, where I'm at, man. Like, I don't want to come on here tonight and be like, oh, you know, they had some good offensive zone numbers and they were okay. And then, and Anderson played. But they still, they lost. They lost again. Sheldon Keefe came in. They put a little winning streak together and boom, they're back at 500. And it's December. And it's like, they're, it's like, it's like they're already running out of time. Yes. Like we're 30 games in it. It's like, we're almost running out of time already. And, like, and look, guess- look around at the standings. Like, unless all the teams go Montreal unless Florida, Buffalo and Tampa Bay go full Canadians. Like they're going to have a really tough time, man. Like really tough time. And, and guess what, Ryan, they're going to finish right in the middle and they're either going to squeak into the playoffs or just miss them. And Carolina is going to get to keep our first round pick. And that's, that's the, that's the Paul Maurice era Leafs right there. Yeah. Great. Finish ninth. Don't get a good draft pick, but don't make the playoffs either. Do you believe? Like, do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? Like, Kyle Dubis doesn't take certain intangibles seriously. It's blatantly obvious. Like we've like, been, well, this is what this whole year has been about. This whole year has been that storyline. It's just like it, it, this is a this is like Billy Bean Moneyball. Like he's coming up with a new way to win a win a sport that's been played one, like not, there's been different ways of playing, but there's formulas that you could follow that you've seen success with in the past. He's starting something completely new and it's, it's so far. It is not working. Let's just dole out our entire salary cap to four guys who've never won anything or three guys specifically who've never won anything. Johnny T included. I great guy, cool dude. Never won a thing in the island. And you could talk about the guys around him. He's He's got talent around him now. He's still not winning. The other two haven't done anything. They're just hot meanwhile, shots. Meanwhile, Ryan, the the team that is the um, has built um, their roster the other way is 23-5. and five. And has lapped the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they well, not are really, not really. Dummying hockey teams, not really, because the Capitals are are right behind them. But you get my point. Like the Boston Bruins have a culture that is like games like last night in Philadelphia are unacceptable. Like you just don't see it happening. And they work. They have way too hard to let that happen. Period. They have. They have players who sign for reasonable numbers because they understand that they all need to be together if they want to achieve the ultimate goal. And they have coaching and management that instills that culture within the whole organization. Correct. That is not what Kyle Dubas has done here. They're a hardworking hockey team, too. 
Kyle Dubas has come in to uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, opened up his bag, and let blue and white disease out all over again. Because like I just said about Austin Matthews, Matthews is too busy running back uh, to the locker room to see if Biebs hit him back on IG. That's what he's worried about. And who he's going to meet for a drink at the Cactus Club after the game. And listen, I'm not here to sit here and sound like criticize for that. All right. Listen, if I was in his position, I'd, I'd probably be excited to see who was at the cactus cactus club too. But dude, you're getting paid $11.5 million. Figure it out. Stop turning the puck over in your, in your own end. Just play Take with a, a little bit over. of play with a little bit more intensity in your own end. Like just quit the little cross check behind the back and do an old school NTR angle and pinning clinic. For all those new market oh people listening to this podcast, Paul Hall. It's not that hard. They uh, Michelle Mondell. It's not oh, that Michelle hard. Michelle Mondell. Oh yeah. Yeah. For all you diehard new market people. Yeah. They man. they like come on man like it, you're a big boy you're a big man just take an angle and pin someone take the puck quit with the cross checking at the back like ugh, just I don't know. Like honestly, Ryan, like I don't, I don't see a way in which they all of a sudden get this turned around and rattle off like five. They, six they haven't shown any of that this year. They've went on like, like two, three game winning streaks, and then they just come back and lose two or lose another three in a row. Like it's that's how Babs won three in a row, and then they went on that brutal tear. Keith yeah. comes in, win a couple, and then. That one in Buffalo, the one against Philadelphia, and then one tonight against the Avalanche. Just don't doesn't look I good. I just hope. I just hope. Like I, I know that like like Keith and uh, Dubas's Keith and Dubas share the same sort of ideology. But like man, like I really hope that that he's got he someone sits Kyle Dubas down and is like, dude, like listen. I don't think that Dubas's philosophy is completely off base yeah i think it is i think it is dude what rob when he's when he sorry to cut you off here but when he's doing media this drives me nuts his when they ask him what is your method to building this hockey team how what is your winning formula and he always says we want to have a skilled enough hockey team where we always have the puck because we're so skilled we are going to win games because we are going to dominate puck possession because the teams will not be able to get the puck back from us. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know how you get puck position, puck possession in this league with physicality and yes, with with yes. hard work, with effort, well, that, recycling that's what the I'm getting puck. At, Ryan. That's what I'm getting at is I'm saying I don't think it's completely flawed in the sense that like w- the whole puck possession thing, it's like that makes sense. However, you don't have enough guys who can go out there. He clearly and, doesn't understand yeah, puck possession. Yes. And says things like, I don't think bringing in a bigger person is going to help. It's like, okay, man. So you're going to keep, keep sticking Andres Janssen out there who got hurt tonight, by the way, like you're going to keep sticking him out there. What's he, he looks awful this year. Yeah. What's he might he be one of the bums of the year so far. You're going to take, you're going to put Casper Kapanen out there. Who's going to blow across the other team's red line and then either shoot it wide or bobble it on his stick. And it goes back the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And then when this team, whatever Another guy this- too getting flamed by his ex on, on Instagram, like that's like, this, this is the, that's all these guys care about. 
when this when they play like watch unless Zach like watch when this team dumps the puck in unless Zach Hyman's forechecking like it's a turnover every single day of the week it, it's just a turn they turn the puck over in the O zone more it, just as much as they do in the D zone like it's it's just it's puzzling man like just maybe we they're so talented it's like are they. No, are no, they that talented? No, no, they're or not. Are they just well, the problem is, is this group of guys just don't mesh, and they are still talented, but it's just not working. I don't know. Well, well how I look at it is, and I've said this before, is by the way, if you haven't, uh, if you if you haven't gone on and looked at the Casperi Kapanen, um Instagram drama with his ex, look it up. Google it. It's absolutely fantastic. Anyways, um, how I look at it as is like. You have skilled guys. Like you have you got Matthews and you got Marner and you got Nylander and you got everybody else. Janssen Kapanen, blah, blah, blah. You you need to surround those skill, that skill with so it's like you've spent the bulk of your cap on these guys, right? So take that extra money and get rid of Andres Janssen. Get rid of Casperi Kapanen. Just re-sign like, them three-year deals. But but you know what, Ryan? Four-year deals. deals. You know, though, Ryan, those are good tradable deals. Like though, like that. That is not. And this is why I keep saying to everybody who who loves William Nylander, like I got bad news for you, man. And this isn't a personal attack against William Nylander. He if they if they flame out this year, which it's looking like they're going to, he's going to get traded because Casper Kapanen is the most movable guy right now. Yeah, but if you, uh, yeah, if you really want to change the DNA of this team, Ryan. You, you trade Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews. That's how you do it. Yeah, Not with William Nylander. But I don't think he wants to do that. I think he. I think Marner and Matthews will be like last in the pecking order of guys that they'll move. Like if they don't make the playoffs this year, it's it's a disaster, and you really need to look at the core of this team and how you can change it. So. I can't believe we're having this. It's December the 4th, and we're having this conversation about pulling apart the core nucleus of the team. Because, dude, because we, we had ex- Stanley Cup expectations. I don't think yeah. it's crazy anymore. I'm past the point of, it's early. We're overreacting. We're not overreacting. I'm not overreacting. They've been horrible. So, okay, Watch okay it. fine. It's then. garbage. Okay, fine. Then let's let's talk about it in season then. For, forget about William Nylander, because he's not going anywhere for the rest of the year. So let's talk about... It in season. I would be more than willing at looking to potentially move a Kapanen or a Janssen right now. Like, I'd be like, who wants them? What are you going to give me back for them? Could we get another defenseman? Could we get... Uh, I don't really want to get back into the uh, draft pick trading business because this will be the second year in a row the Leafs don't have a first-round pick. Um, But, I mean... You got to You got to give something up to get this. Is what I see with some of these like Twitter GMs, it's like trade CC now. It's like what? What are you gonna get back for him? The guy's getting paid a ridiculous amount of money and he stinks. Casper Kapanen so, is the most tradable piece because if I put myself in a general manager's head, you can watch him and be like, hey, he's got good speed, he's got good skill, he's showing the ability to score. If I plug him in my lineup, he's a guy who can log top six minutes. I believe that my coach and my team could get top six minutes out of this player. And if not, he's shown the ability to demonstrate his ability on the penalty kill. And he actually could forecheck when he wants to. And he could play on the third line as well. 
So he's got a good contract to trade. To me, he's they're easily the most tradable piece they have on that hockey team right now. Would you be looking to get a defenseman back? I'm just looking to get somebody. Like, let's just stop beating around the bush here. We want the Ryan O'Reillys of the world on this hockey team. Like, obviously, he's he's a crazy example because he's the top player in the league right now. But, like, just guys of that mold. That's what I'm looking for. I don't care if they play center, wing, defense. I'm just looking for the anti-Kyle Dubas player right now. That's well, all I'm that's looking the problem, for. problem, man. And that's, Ryan, that's where my anxiety really comes from with this team and, like, the future of this team is, like, you're dealing with a general manager who does not value what you just said about Ryan O'Reilly. Realistically, like, like if in a, in a perfect world, every Maple Leaf fan who, like, is in the boat that we're in basically wants to trade anyone on this hockey team for Tom Wilson. That's basically what every Leafs fan dream is right now is to somehow just magically out of thin air create a Tom Wilson clone and trade a Cody CC or Casper Kapanen for that player like that's basically what we're looking for here I got I like, got news forever. Listen, can we just can we just put this to rest right now like they're, they're not trading Cody CC and I'll tell yeah you I why. know yeah the guy is one of the worst hockey players I've ever seen and he's getting paid What's he getting paid? Like four like and a half, half million yeah, dollars, something like that. Who in their right mind? If you called me right now and were like, "Hey, Rob, I'm gonna get what you want, Cody Cece," I'd be like, "Sure," but you're gonna pick up at least three of that four point five million. And they and can't. I'm not giving they you, can't even pick up five hundred G's. And I'm not giving you They're anything that back. Yeah. Best thing you're getting back for me is like a fifth round pick. Yeah, cool. maybe some some uh, extra sodas for your machine in your locker room too while you're at it. I I, I don't I don't. Uh... Or why don't you package up Cody CC with Andreas Janssen and go get Alex Petrangelo? That's that someone... that's that's leaves Twitter right now. I saw someone I saw someone today say. I'm I'm not kidding. I saw someone today on Twitter say um Kapanen, CC and a first. And I was like, you want so you want to go 3 years without having a first round draft pick? Yeah, it's so dumb. Especially for a cap strapped team. That's literally the only way this team could be any good is if they just pick in the in the mid teens or the late twenties or the mid twenties and you find that diamond in the rough that's gonna develop within a year or two and play on the second line or the third line with Matthew Savaras and Marner. That's basically how you have any chance of making this team any good when you're that strapped with the cap. Like that's the only way. You can't be trading away draft picks right now. That is that is that's a problem. That is a problem. The only faith I have is that I know I'm not saying Kyle Dubas is going to get fired anytime soon, but like 
the only faith I have of this turning around is that Kyle Dubas values his job and his reputation to the point that he realizes that maybe I should try and stop building this team like the Sioux Greyhounds. Or Brendan Shanahan finally grows uh, some stones like he did for Nazem Kadri the first year he was here yeah. and, and, and walks into Kyle his down. office and goes, yeah. hey, bud, uh, basically yeah. every NHL opportunity you've had so far is because of me. I yeah. got you in this position where you are right now. I believed in you. I let go of Hall of Famers to keep you here, to let you run the ship. You did it your way for a bit. It's no good. It's awful. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. And it's time to bring up old tapes of how I used to play hockey and kind of start following that. And That's what needs st- to happen. Or why don't you just sit and watch a few Bruins games? Yeah. And see how they got to where they are. But he's so, he's almost like Babcock in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so, he's kind of so like Babcock yeah. in a way where oh, it's yeah. like, he's so strayed rigid. from this. He He's no. put all his eggs in this basket yep. in the Kyle Dubas way is the only way now. And he's going to get fired and may never get an NHL GM job again. And he's going to ride it out. He's yeah, going to he, ride yeah, it out. He's, he's going to go down with the ship. This this big gamble, my guy. Him and Keith are like good buddies and go way back. I this role, these jobs are gonna test that relationship, man. Because hundred percent, Sheldon Keith is is gonna go to him. I, you gotta believe that he's gonna go to him and be like, dude, like we, this, like we're not winning anything with this team. No. Best case scenario, we're get we're squeaking into the playoffs and getting dummied out in five games, four or five games by the Bruins or the Capitals. Cool. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm, I keep going back to, and maybe when the season's over and say they don't make the playoffs, we can kind of do like a post mortem what went wrong. But it might be a little too early right now. But like, I'm just looking back and I'm like. You probably never should have signed John Tavares for $11 million. No. that That's my hot take. Especially with the way he's played so far this year. He hasn't been it's, very good this year. It's I, like the guy, he's been a great NHL player. His character is off the charts. Seems like one of the nicest, most chill dudes on planet Earth. So I hate saying this. It hurts me to say this. But for what he brings... He's not an $11 million hockey player. He he Last year, he had an unbelievable year, but not $11 million to me. But as soon as you did that, it just set a precedent of what you're willing to pay your top players. And with all the hype with Matthews and Marner, it's just, it got to a spot where, like, now you just shot yourself in the foot. Like, you really shot yourself in the foot. Now you have nowhere to go. If you get an injury on this team, like, you can't do anything because you're just, you're strapped and you're not even a playoff team. It's a bad situation, man. It sucks. Yeah, they're right back to, like, they're right back to Dave Nonis territory. Yeah, like, like it's, it's, you you draft all these players. The, The whole, when they were awful, Dave Nonis era, all we said was all you got to do is tank, build up, draft and develop, get top picks. They do all that perfectly. 
They do it almost better than any other team in any other sport has done it. And it you get so excited. It's like, finally, we're going to create a new era of Maple Leaf hockey players. We're going to forget that 93 season where they didn't even go to a... As much as I love Dougie and Wendell, they didn't even go to a cup final that year. And no. that year is celebrated like a Stanley Cup victory. And it's like, okay, we're starting a new era where we're going to create some new Davy Keons and new Daryl Sittlers. And then those years go by and that, that, that's what it was. And then this year they, they all get paid. And then it's like, they're, they're brutal. They're not even going to make the playoffs. It's like, Ryan. what this team is cursed. What Ryan. owner or what coach over the past, how many ever years since they won their last cup made a deal with the devil? Because this team is cursed, man. They can't the be successful. About, the thing about Tavares too is like the difference between him as well is he's in year two of a seven year deal and he is twenty nine years old. Yeah. And he's so and he, he's not he was never a really great skater in the first place. So even if you wanted to look at potentially like moving him, no one's gonna take him. He's, Dude, even like a even Mitch Marner right now, like you'd have to pick off a really desperate hockey team to to maybe like a New Jersey Devils type team to to even take him off your hands or or math like even Matt like like these are big money contracts for the production you're getting like yeah you're stuck for five years. See, with Mar, I feel differently about Marner than I do about Matthews. Mitch is overpaid, no doubt about it. But I think Mitch at least shows more up and down the ice than Matthews has. Like, Matt, I, like I'm so disappointed. I cannot put into words how disappointed I am in Austin and you, Matthews. And you were just a, you were night. you were Mister Stick Up for Austin. Oh yeah, dude. I've been I've been the biggest Austin Matthews cheerleader since the moment he got drafted here, and like. Honestly, it it really it's it's been all year I thought he's been kind of mediocre. Like he's getting his goals like whatever. Then la- this past Friday night in Buffalo, I thought was literally one of the worst games he's ever played. And then he followed that up with his performance in Philly last night, which was equally as awful. Which is why tonight I don't want to come on here and be like, "Oh, he was a little better and I didn't turn the puck over as much. He got a few shots." shots on net in the avalanche zone it's okay it's like no man like like and then you come out last night like man i'm sorry like he comes out into the media last night and says unacceptable we quit it's like dude you were garbage like you, you, you got quit. the stones you got the stones to go out to the media and call me out like if i'm someone else in that room it's like you got the stones to go to the media and call me out for quitting when you are garbage you're arguably the the most overplayed overpaid player in hockey right now you're really? you're, you're going at it eh? holy this dude is i'm getting I, excited dude he sucks Woo. like the guy sucks the guy sucks just, right now you're going after him he sucks right now it's unacceptable i and love it you can see plain as day what his problem is his problem is he's way too stoked on being Mr. $11.5 million, here's my cool suit and hat and shoes uh, celebrity. And way less interested. You think Sidney Crosby cares about any of the stuff that, any of the extracurricular stuff that goes on? No. He goes home 
and he thinks about the game and he comes back and if he does party, he probably does it in the off season. And only has one beer. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but only has one Michelob Ultra. And I know there's people who who are listening to this and are like, "Oh, lighten up, man. Whatever." Blah. blah. It's like, dude, no, you're paid to be elite. And yes, if you want to have the debate where it's like, at the end of the day, he didn't ask to get paid. Well, he he did ask for it, but like Kyle Dubas gave him the money. So really, the the finger should be pointed at Kyle Dubas. Okay, I'll I, you know what? I don't disagree with that. You're right, but it's like, come on, man. Like, this whole team... Sure, Johnny's the captain. Mitch is great. Willie's got tons of offensive upside. Freddie, at his best, is a top-five goalie in the National Hockey League. But if this team is going to win a Stanley Cup and do anything, Austin Matthews needs to be in that elite... He needs to be in the Hart Trophy conversation. And he is nowhere near the Hart Trophy conversation. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, like that might be the one thing that I have agreed with you most with that heart trophy talk. Like you need to see this guy where Brad Marchand is right now, where Nathan McKinnon is right now, where dry is like, you want to see him up there. Top five in points, dominating hockey games, always worried about him, but it's just, it's not, it's not that at all. And, he might be more involved in his personal life with his social media. And a lot of people would just say, well, you know what? That's just the type of guy he is. Not everyone can be Sidney Crosby, but you're paid you're after paid years and years of frustration with this team. You finally get your first overall pick. He's supposed to be an absolute stud four years later. He's getting paid like a stud, but he's not a stud. And that's just so frustrating, man. It's and so it, frustrating, and he's giving people half moons in the off season. Like that, Ryan. Ryan, guess what? Guess what? If he was performing on the ice, I I would care less about what he was doing. Dude, that that's the, the nature of being an athlete. Would care less, and and everyone who wants to say, oh, he's a twenty two year old kid. Guess how old Connor McDavid is? Twenty two years old. Arrest my case. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, like it's just. The, the nature of being, I, I've played on some high level baseball teams, hockey teams, and the reality of the situation is if you're a superstar and you're playing well, you can get away with just about anything. But when you're not playing well, oh boy, is that microscope on you. And that's, it, your microscope is all over him tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed at him. All right, let's move into Beauty of the Week, Bum of the Week. Let's go. Hit the music. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. Ryan, I think we're just going to forego my Bum of the Week selection. I think I've already made it abundantly clear on this episode who my pick for bum of the week is so we will let you select your bum of the week uh my bum of the week is just i, I don't even want to go with a player because it, it, it's hard to figure out i i my bum of the week is the optimism of the defensive play in the own zone from media from fans 
because we got a brand new coach and the old coach was abusive and oh, we got away from the old coach and the new coach. We collapse five down towards the net. We move out in five-man units. We play 90s hockey. We play like the Red Wings in the 90s. Dude, they still suck in their own end. Stop with the optimism. Nothing's changed. You're making up your own narrative. I don't care if he puts Matthews, Marner, and Nylander on the ice at the same time. Watch the games. Watch the Avalanche game. Rewatch it. Rewatch the Flyers game. Nothing's changed, man. They are still brutal in their own end. So for the false belief and for the play in the own zone, that's my bum of the week. It's awful. Okay. Beauty of the week. It's an easy one for me. Freddie Anderson. Uh, team quits on him in Philly. Goes to, honestly, based on what I heard today about Freddie Anderson going to uh, Sheldon Keefe and saying, put me back in there. Like, can we just rip the C off Johnny's jersey and put it on Freddie's? Like, it, like he's he's the leader as far as I'm concerned. And he goes out there tonight. That game could have been 5 or 6-1 tonight without him in the net. He is by far their best player, night in and night out. So, Freddie Anderson, beauty of the week. Yeah, I'm going to... You have to, I'm going to piggyback you, say Freddie, and I'll give an honorable mention to Travis Dermott. Sometimes he gets yeah, Dermot, out of position. Sometimes well. he gets a little goofy out there. That's fine. But for the position he's in right now, I think he's playing pretty well, and he's got to stay healthy. But I'm going to go with Freddie and a half, a half butte, a half send for Travis Dermott, beauty of the week. I also want to give an honorable mention to good guy Pierre Engvall. Oh, come I on, love this man. guy. Why? Why? He's good on the PK. Oh, yeah. My my dog's good on the PK, too. Like, come on, uh, man. Uh, That's the... When, you, when somebody says somebody's good on the PK, you know that player sucks. <laughs> that is one thing I've learned from being a hockey uh, fan my entire life. is all If all you can find... Is good on the PK and good guy in the room. That means you suck and you're you know no what? good. You know what? I, uh, I, I'm i actually contradicting myself too because I came on at the beginning of the show saying I didn't want to grasp at straws. And now I'm saying that Pierre Engvall is good on the uh, PK. Yeah. So. Fourth line legend. Yeah. Well, maybe my bum of the week too. I'll throw the backup goaltending in there too. They've been 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 awful in their own zone, but I'm sorry. The the record for the backup goalies is embarrassing. It's awful. They would be a way better hockey team in a way better position if they were at least 500. And it's just been the combined team effort in the own zone while the backups in the tough matchups, the inability to make a big save in big moments. It's bad. It's really bad. And it's a, been a problem the entire year. And we knew it was going to be a problem. And there's been no solution. It's still a black hole. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Ryan, guess whose fault that is? Probably the general manager. It, no, not. No, remove the word probably. It is the general manager's fault. I'll put you a little why? bit on Babcock, too, personally. I'll put a little bit on Babcock, too, because that guy... Can I've never seen a coach other than Curtis McElhaney who just got along with Babcock because he was an old guy and he had a good family. But look at every other backup goaltender that's been 
in between the pipes for Mike Babcock. He sucks. He's a confident sucker. He's a confidence vacuum. Yeah. He'll suck yeah. it right out of you. And he yeah. puts you in the worst positions to succeed. And if you don't succeed, you're going to get lasered. But it goes back to the coach having belief in Garrett Sparks. No, no, the GM having belief in Garrett Sparks. The GM having belief in Garrett Sparks to be the guy last year. That didn't work. Then well, no, you, you but I'm blaming Dubis, Ryan. I'm blaming Dubis because, like, you could call right now the Anaheim Ducks, like, their season's already over. You could call them up right now and be like, hey, you want to give us Ryan Miller? Can't afford him. Nope. Can't afford him. They yep, have a that, yep. salary. Seven, oh, if you're implying yep. salary cap issues, I, I yes. totally agree. 100%. Ryan, they have a $700,000 budget for the backup goalie. That's not it. good enough. They cannot Dude, look, at, look at the goalie who beat them tonight. Yes. Philip Grubauer. Yeah. Like, like who? Come on. I like, know. that's a I know. backup goalie. I know. And he looked like Marty Brodeur. Like, yeah, I know. Looks like a legend. Look like Saw Chuck. So, um, do you know who the Leafs play on Saturday night? It's defending Stanley Cup champions. How's that gonna go? That th- maybe Ky- that's the game where Kyle really needs to sit down and start thinking about intangibles because yeah. you're gonna smell them. They're gonna be smacking you in the face watching that hockey team play on Saturday. And then they uh, Tuesday night they go to Vancouver. Dude, this and road trip's murder. Yeah, they they're St. Louis, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Good luck. Yeah, because you're playing two of the top teams in the West, and Vancouver's not bad either. And who knows what happened? They usually play pretty well against Calgary, but who knows what could happen? All right, Ryan. I think we've spread enough uh, negativity for one evening we will uh we'll reconvene next week and see uh see where we're at then uh thank you very much everybody for downloading again hit us up on ig comment on all our posts send us some dms tell us what you think give us the feedback we'll read them out on the show love it when you guys do that sorry for being so negative tonight i'm just i'm completely beaten down by this hockey team right now yep nothing else to add to that my friend It's a negative season. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for downloading. We'll catch you next week. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, the Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Antler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts.